0: Got Got Your Ears On is brought to you you by Tactical Legion 9. Alright everybody, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. I'm Guido, along with Scoop! I ain't trusting nothing.
1: And Johnson! Guido, it was a great day to be a Mountaineer Saturday, wherever you may have
0: been. Yes, from Martinsburg to Mate One, Welch to Weird, and all the places in between. It was pretty awesome. Uh, I have to say, we gotta start off with the fact that... It was a great win by the Mountaineers, 27-21 over Virginia Tech. And the atmosphere at Mountaineer Field was off the hook. Like, it was crazy there.
1: Yeah, the stadium looked amazing. I was jealous. I couldn't be there in person. So for everyone that was there on on what looked like scoot an amazing weather day in front of a sellout crowd, it just everything looked terrific, even though I'm not – I have to admit, even though I'm not a gold jersey like a gold Unis fan, the gold in the stadium, uh, it looked it looked terrific. It looked it looked super.
2: It was pretty impressive, seeing as they weren't like sometimes when you have these color themed games, the stadium or somebody hands out shirts to wear. That wasn't this, so that was impressive that that many people. It had there had to have been like fifty nine thousand people wearing gold.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I I saw, I saw pictures of the blue lot before the game. There were a couple of pictures that went around the internet of like just the amount of tailgating craziness that was going on there. Uh, The crowd was hyped. It was awesome. And you know, for me guys, like this is what I, I, this is what we want. Like this is what the NCAA should want. This is what WVU should want. I mean, this kind of atmosphere against a team that matters. Like, we don't pack a stadium very rarely do we pack a stadium and have this kind of energy against a Big 12 rival. We have to play an ACC team in order for the stadium to f- almost crumble in the amount of noise and people there.
1: Well, and didn't it just feel good to care that much again? It just felt so good. I I didn't really realize it until I was, you know, really like, you know, suited, you know, like getting all set up to watch the game. I was like, "Man, I'm I'm really invested in this one." Like un- unlike Uh, a normal game I mean I'm always invested I would it's silly to say I'm not but this was like you know in it the whole time blood pressure high in the second half uh, you know the just loving every minute of it it felt good to care that much again
2: for me so I'll be very honest I I like to be keep it real with with you fellows and our listeners so I'm looking for every reason to poke holes in how things are going Right, because right now I'm I'm glass half empty, and the first half it was really hard to poke a lot of holes because we actually started to see some of the things that I've criticized Jarrett Dagey for not doing. All of a sudden, he's at least trying to do where he's trying to throw the ball. And what was his first attempt? Was like uh like a forty yard pass attempt. So like you're starting to see that. I mean, he didn't connect on it, but so I'm I'm thinking, OK, and then I've also said in the past, when is Letty Brown had a big run? Like, well, I've been waiting for a big run from letting them shoot. There he goes. Second play of the game. He's got a freaking 80 yard touchdown run. So I, I was looking for reasons to, to not be happy or expecting reasons to not be happy. And I was pretty happy at the first first half.
1: Yeah, and let's talk about that, uh, you know, just not only Letty running the ball, but I thought Guido coming out of LIU, one of my big criticisms last week on the show was I was just really disappointed in what I thought was going to be a super strong unit on the offensive line. I was kind of saying last week, you know, Maryland really hassled everyone, uh, you know, in the backfield, the quarterback, and then we get against LIU. I think Letty only went for 31 yards, you know, and kind of some like 15 carries and, and really no one ran the ball. Terrific. I think Justin Johnson, we commented, even looked a whole lot better this game. I I spent the majority of the first half, just like, wh- who am I watching? What is going on here? Where has this team been? Where was this two weeks ago in college park? I, I was just over the moon, happy for them. It was working. You know, they had to be having fun because it was clicking. I mean, on the scoot, the the 80-yard run that you're talking about for Letty, I feel like I could have run through that hole. I mean, it was just gaping room to run. And it so it was fun to see them doing that. And I thought, you know, to kind of build on what you're talking about, I thought really up until the last series of the first half, it was really hard to give – a whole lot of grief to anyone on the offense. I mean, it felt like um, it felt like Deggie was not making mistakes. It felt like receivers were making good catches and running good routes and and Letty was running with a purpose. It all felt like it was clicking. Well, I was just
2: going to say that I felt that Neil Brown even did what I was hoping Neil Brown would do, which is crazy to me that he threw Garrett green in for a couple of series. And like, to me, why don't we do that more? Now I will say this: If we are going to do that, and I've mentioned this to Johnson off air, if we're, we are going to do that, Garrett Green has to be able to throw the ball occasionally. Otherwise, it's it's a wildcat. I mean, that's what it ends up being.
0: Right, and that's what it was. That's what it was on Saturday. I mean, he had one passing attempt that went incomplete, I think, but uh, for Garrett Green. But but here's the and, and here's the thing about. Saturday, and, and specifically to the offensive side and the quarterback play side, I think in the moment, that first half, I was excited as well. I was like, and, and then I kept thinking in my head, that whole comment I made last week to Scooty of like, when Jared Daigie gets great in the Virginia Tech game, and Scoot was like, great, what are you talking about? Uh, but I, I went back, and then I rewatched some plays, and I looked at the stats, and I think I softened a little bit on Jared Dagey. And just for the fact of he played good, he played solid and did what he needed to do. He had three deep balls, I think, in that first half. All three were overthrown. And all three, especially that first one, the Sam James, the wide receivers were wide open. Wide open. And he and he wasn't, and in all three of those, he wasn't under pressure. Either so you're right, Johnson. The offensive line was doing their job, so it does go back to what Scootie's, and I feel like Scootie's like won me over in this argument that we've been having for the past you know five months leading up to the season, which is I see he's fine. Like okay, every D1 quarterback should be able to throw a checkdown or screen pass or a you know an X route you know a, a you know two yard or a five yard X route whatever. He can't hit these big passes. I mean Sam James. In that first series was wide open. Yeah, he should have he should have been
1: rewarded too. But Scoot, I have I have something to run by you. I've broken this down for myself after thinking about it since Saturday. I want to get your opinion on this. I think this is a story about Jarrett Dage in three acts, and I want to present them to
0: you and just oh, see wow. what okay. you think. I like this.
1: Okay, so three acts, Jarrett Dagey. I call act one a new hope.
0: Oh, huh. wow. I like the reference. Okay. So all, yeah.
1: all the way through the first quarter and up until the last series of the second quarter, Deggie solid, he's solid. We, we give him a lot of grief, but up through that final series of the first half, I mean, he stood in Guido, he took some hits, you know, yep. I mean, he, he took some hits was still getting the ball where it needed to go. Most of the time. I mean, like we said, Sam James should have been rewarded. He wasn't, but I think luckily people don't, you know, if, if Letty doesn't break that 80 yard run, I think that miss on Sam James is a much bigger topic, but I mean, anyway, he's, you know, his accuracy was still not amazing, but he, he wasn't keeping the offense from being held back. I call that a new hope. I had hope. It was like a new hope. Like, Oh, maybe there's something new going on. Maybe we've turned a leaf act two, scoot. So I would say that began with the last series of the first half, I I don't understand when Letty Brown runs you into goal to go, uh, you don't feed the ball to
0: him anymore. That made no sense to me. And on top of that, the crowd Johnson is like Chant, chanting his name. Chanting, he's his like name. bouncing to it. He was yes. like pumped in it. He's vibing. I was like, oh, they how do they not give it to him? Right, it here? like how does he not run this and it in was, right it here? It was a precursor
1: for the entirety almost of the second half. Scoot, I call this. The French strike back. Oh, yeah. Because (laughs) Gerard Puck, yeah. Uh, Inexplicably, you know, he goes from not running Letty and then Guido, I I was referring to it as uh, he he took the offense into pucker mode, as far as I can tell. Like, he was just (laughs) like, we're up 24-7. Please, God, don't lose this lead. Like, he just. Right puckered up and just was like oh, i'll do everything you can to not lose it i felt like we went away from
0: trying to and and i have to imagine that act you felt like was most of the third and part of the fourth quarter yeah, i felt so like
1: all the way almost all of the fourth quarter until act three scoot return of the Daggy.
2: oh yeah that, he was back <laughs> because was we back.
1: had garrett green in and i i've i've got some uh I've got some a really good breakdown. I'm going to link to in the show notes where uh, Jake Lance, as he normally does, breaks down stuff really well for uh, Smoking Musket. He's he's kind of highlighting a, a Garrett Green play where if he just gets a block, if he just gets a block, he probably not only gets the first down that keeps Jarrett Dagi from even coming back in the game, um, and and that was I think also pre uh, Gamitters offside uh false start yep. um, yeah. and simply ices the game but he doesn't get it he gets tripped up daggy comes back into the game and in so that too so i think it's i think it's a pre- precipitous play call of why are you passing in the first place I, I mean i know it's a i know it's a screen it's like a it's something that should be safe but then Jared Dageie inexplicably throws it into this mass of hum like the last thing you want to do is risk a turnover. Daggy throws it into this mass of humanity. And <laughs> once again, the defense has to come out and and bail us out and bail him out, really, because if we lose that game in that fashion, like well, He's I don't even want to think. Right. Like we're you know, we're super happy. We're celebrating since Saturday afternoon. Can you just imagine? if that interception leads to a tech score and that's how we lose all, I mean, oh my gosh, it's, I hate to even think. Right.
2: About it. So here's, here's an idea and I, I'll run it by you guys. And maybe, maybe I'm crazy for thinking this. I feel like, uh, Gerard parker and Neil Brown, because they're like co-offensive coordinators. I feel they are very good at scripting out the beginnings of games. I feel they script mm-hmm. out a lot of those plays at the beginnings of games. I feel that we see some issues when they have to go off script. It come, comes across in a way like scramble mode in the sense of like, oh, crap. Uh, let's go for the, the the quick bubble screen or let's go for the the quick slant. Uh, I know it's not a, a throwing down, but we'll, we'll do that anyway. I know we're up, but let's let's do that. And I feel like the, the scripted versus the unscripted is where we're really struggling. And
0: I almost wonder, Scoot, on that, because and, and I'll go to, back to that end of the first half you know, series where they were chanting Letty. And I almost wonder sometimes if when they go off script or they come into those situations that they disagree with each other. And so I don't know if there's like a coin flip or a you pick or I pick kind of deal because I feel like – Neil, I f- I feel like Neil Brown when the crowd's chanting Letty and Letty's vibing. Like I feel like Neil Brown's saying, "Give the ball to Letty." And I feel like uh, Jared Parker's the one who goes, "No, no, we're gonna have Jared Daigie run on the RPO and trip and fall over his feet." Yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna throw a fade into the yeah. corner. first. I, I mean, I, and so I I feel like you know this is a this becomes a, a difficulty when you have two people that are calling plays and it doesn't land on one person if. If it's the head coach, it's the head coach. If it's a, a true offensive coordinator, it's an offensive coordinator. But, I mean, I'm with you. Like, the other problem I had with this game from an offensive play calling side, too, was it, we we got too conservative in the third quarter. Like, and I, don't get too, me wrong.
1: Way too conservative. I
0: wanted to win the game. I wanted us to win the game. I want that Black Diamond trophy. But, like, I kind of also want to stick it to Vatek, you know? And so, like... Why are I mean like I'm sitting there this whole the whole third quarter going what what are we doing like what what is this I mean Garrett Green comes in and he runs a little thing and then he comes off and then Jared Davis comes in it's a screen pass and then it's three oh we get two first I and mean, then granted there were some good series there but nothing that really led to much and like what were we doing you know that's where I was confused. What's more
2: maybe appalling is the fact that it didn't feel like Virginia Tech was just like. Uh, putting together amazing right. offensive, you know, because strategy. They, they, they know they were. They have
0: one
1: play. They have one player. They had one player, well, right. on the and they field. just look like some parts of the game. You know, where I was watching the game, we were having conversations like, "Wow, I'm glad they did that for some reason because that was, you know, that's the last thing I would have done." But thankfully,
0: that's what they chose to
2: do. And right? Some it of their play calling made feel like- no sense didn't feel like it was comfortable for them to to do anything on offense.
0: Yeah, I mean you had Braxton Burmeister, who I mean, had a pretty amazing game, all things considered, you know, I mean, and he you know, he had to carry that team and he had some really good good plays on his back and, and he, you know, and I think he's still learning that offense. And the whole time I'm watching it, I'm going, I know Scooty is sitting at home right now going, Man, I wish this guy was our quarterback. I think Scooty, you would have you would have rather had a guy like well, Braxton Burmeister.
2: Not to say that Jared DeGey's not tough because he did get hit pretty good in the mouth a couple times yep. on Saturday, and got back up and continued to be out there. But Burmeister could throw, he can run, and we saw a little of both of that. And, and to me, that's really what's killing Jared DeGey is this this lack of ability to run. The RPO, he still runs and holds on to his quad. Everybody knows it's his quad that he's holding, not the football. Like it's to me almost laughable because he he's not running the ball ever.
1: And wasn't so that surprising to you too for Burmeister? Like he was super effective with his legs. I mean, the third and twenty-four that he somehow like inexplicably turns into a first down is one example I yeah. can think of off the top of my head. But that's kind of what I'm saying too for. Some of this game Virginia Tech chose to run plays that really didn't feature some of his strengths, and it just made no sense to me. And I I would think if you're on the Virginia Tech side, you're probably feeling like, hey, why aren't we using why aren't we using this guy's full talents? But anyway, I mean, aside from that though, part of the reason he wasn't having more success is because Jarrett Bartlett, Stills, Mesador, this defense, Guido, they played some amazing football Saturday. Amazing.
0: Yeah. I mean, Jarrett Bartlett put on a show in Morgantown. He did. Like, yeah. He he put on a show. I mean, three sacks for 19 lost yards. I mean, and and he was he was everywhere again. And then Taj Alston, another one who kind of out of nowhere, I mean, he was all over the place. He had one and a half sacks, but I mean, there were a couple times where like he didn't have the sack. I think on one of Bartlett's sack, he didn't have the sack, but they still got this we got the sack because he slowed it down. Yeah. So he played great too. I mean, that defensive line uh looks phenomenal right now.
1: Yeah, and I think for Jarrett Bartlett, all while doing it scoot in a number ten jersey, which never makes any sense to me. Like why can just as an <laughs> aside, like why does WVU seemingly have like six jerseys that 42 people have to share sometimes I, it feels like
2: <laughs> I don't like that I don't get it I I get that some guys want lower numbers but I feel like hey guess what if the senior wants the number 10 then the senior gets the number 10 you get a number something else It
1: was just funny seeing Jared Bartlett not in his usual 50 I think but anyway I mean he had a phenomenal game I think he had Three of five sacks at one point, and Guido, I think he had the strip sack at the end. Um, yep. you know, one of the biggest plays of the game, so he even just, had
2: uh, more maybe, maybe more impressively, it was Bruce Irvin was tweeting about him.
0: That's true, yeah.
1: You uh, know, you're so. having a good day when, when Bruce Irvin's tweeting about you,
0: and I mean, the, you know, and Alonzo Adai, another one, had a great game, he was kind of all over the place, and he had a sack in there as well. I think the defense, the defense did great, they spent all day playing amazing they I think that you know at they help ha- that that last series I mean I think we've watched a lot of WVU football and we get it and I you know you would rather I know on most any given Saturday you would rather win by three touchdowns and not have to sweat it in the last 30 seconds of a game or whatever the last two minutes of a game that defense Was amazing in that last series. As much, I mean, you got to think, they've been playing hard all day. Time of possession was crazy. I mean, uh, Virginia Tech had the ball, you know, almost seven minutes longer game time total. So the defense was out there a lot. And then they hold them uh, at the end. It was it was phenomenal. And we get that unsportsmanlike conduct flag. And I don't think anybody in West Virginia yes. cared. About
1: it's that. like the the whole we were stadium. cheering that we
0: got. We were cheering yeah. that we got a flag. The we we're like, stadium yeah, went flag unsportsmanlike. like nobody cared. <laughs> we're all unsportsmanlike right
1: now. But you know what? Scoot, tell me I'm interested, though, because I already know Guido's answer. But when that interception happened and virginia tech came back out on the field i had already fully prepared myself for the soul crushing loss that i was watching for like the 100th time of my wvu fandom career you know i'm just wondering like usually you're the one that texts Squido and I and says, no, just relax. Everything's fine. And I'm already in the fetal position. Like we're all dead. The game's <laughs> over, you know, so you're crying I'm crying at the cur- bottom of your yeah, shower. Yeah. So like, what were you, I'm interested. So just I was, to-
2: I of course am now, again, like I said, we've, we've reversed roles sort of, and I'm that glass half empty guy. So I had DVR'd the game because I was uh, not live. I was in a gym in West Virginia watching girls volleyball. So uh, I toyed with the idea of do I watch this series play out or do I go through a slow fast forward and just watch Virginia Tech celebrating a touchdown? And I chose to start in that, in that first notch of fast forward, and then I thought, you know what, let me just we'll slow it down. I'll watch what happens. So then I did watch, uh, I believe second and third, uh, and then fourth down happen, and I was surprised. I don't want to say. I guess I was. Yeah, I was surprised that we were able to hold them, because where were they? Like on the eight? I mean, uh, they were uh, close. Yeah, right, right around. But I mean, there. Yeah.
0: no fourth, fourth and goal from the four. From they the were fourth four. and goal from the four yard line, and Jackie Matthews, like just just on the coverage, knocks it down and. It was awesome.
2: Yeah, I I was pleasantly surprised, but I didn't think – I mean, it just had that feeling. And I even thought to myself, I bet Johnson and Guido were like, oh, typical West Virginia. Here we go. Well, just you have no, idea <laughs> because no, we the, have no idea the person
1: I was watching with, too, was – Beside himself, like oh, I'm here sure. we here we go, you know, like just seeing read this book a thousand times, you know that kind of stuff. So it was amazing. I I couldn't have been happier. And I, and I I was I think I was thinking in the moment, this scene, this environment, this crowd, this day has been so wonderful. What a what a horrible way to close it out if we don't if we don't get this win. And thank goodness we do.
2: This has to be neil brown's signature win thus far i mean I, I it's agree. i mean
0: yeah i agree i 100 I percent agree i don't see how you look at any other win i mean at least from a mountaineer fan's eyes i don't know how you look at any other win and not see it that way yeah i totally agree I mean, from winning the first time in a rivalry game in almost 20 years against a team, you know, especially the 20 years since they'd been in Morgantown, they were ranked, which they shouldn't have been, but they were ranked. Um, sorry, Virginia Tech. And, uh, you know, and on top of that, I think all of the heat that he's been getting the first couple of weeks of the season, this was a big game for him. I'm not saying it was a must win, but it was a big game for him. And I think Scoot, too, I, I mean, this is probably
1: just wishful thinking on my part, but I think if there's any thread left of realignment talk that uh, that extends to a consideration of WVU moving out of the Big 12 and into some conference like the ACC people tuning in to watch a, a just beyond terrific college game day atmosphere doesn't right. hurt you know it right. doesn't it doesn't hurt a wonderful showing, a wonderful atmosphere, an engaged crowd the the gold rush. It's just a wonderful day in Morgantown. so that's wishful thinking on my part, but it's certainly well, I doesn't think it's wish
0: I mean I think West virginia is is there with you on that. I mean West Virginia has officially said that they are not even going to talk about extending their grant of rights with the big twelve for another two years or whatever they said so. West Virginia is hoping for it too. They're hoping for more situations like Saturday, where the crowd was amazing, the TV was amazing, uh, and and it makes you know the ACC or maybe somewhere else want to take us out of the right. Big Twelve and put us back into more rivalry, more regional rivalries. Right.
1: Where where at least people point and go, see what it can be. Like, see what this, look at this one game, how energized this was. That's probably wishful thinking, but would be terrific.
0: But I think it made for great TV. I mean, I was pleasantly surprised at how much the announcers on Fox Sports 1 loved WVU and loved Jarrett Daigie and Neil Brown. I mean, there was a Jarrett Daigie love fest, Scoot, the well, whole broadcast.
2: what's funny to me, and I don't know who the, the analyst was, however, anytime some play was botched, that guy would always say, and he did a great job of not making a bad play even worse because he threw the ball out of bounds. Yeah, and
1: that was actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like I heard that even before the game started from around WVU. And I, I think that to me, that's such an odd, like backhanded way of complimenting your quarter. Well, he didn't make it work. like he probably started the worst, but he didn't further the worst, right. you know,
2: like I don't really, it's the weirdest compliment. He didn't, he sort of fumbled it, but he could have made it worse by not recovering the fumble. Right. Like right. Right. that kind of stuff
0: until that, until the fourth quarter where he made it worse.
1: Yeah. And so let's, can we talk about that for a second? Cause I went through my three acts, but now as we leave this game and we head into Oklahoma and Guido, I know you're going to, you're, you're going to get there, but just before, before we leave that, I mean, to me, I felt like I was, you know, I I wanted to have that new hope, but I ended with being reminded of who who Jarrett Deggie is and why I'm still looking for more and more of Garrett Green to be to be invited into this process and invited into this offense. What
0: what do you think? I mean, I agree. I think it was the Jarrett Dage that we saw in the Maryland game right. and it was I think the concern I have and Scoot said it at the top like I don't, there must, there's got to be. I don't know what it is. I don't know what we're not seeing with Garrett Green that there's a problem where he can't throw the ball or they don't want him to throw the ball or he doesn't know how to find the white receiver, ro- what correct receiver. Um, there's something there because I mean, he comes out, he was on the field for, I don't know, uh, how many plays did he, how many times did he come in for quarterback at least eight, eight or ten, right? And he on, he only threw the ball one time of all of those. So you can't do this against Oklahoma. You can't. You can't. And like Scoot said, you can't bring him out, and because they're going to know every time he comes That's out. That's a wildcat. Yeah, right. they're going to run a wildcat.
2: Right. I was impressed. Typically, we get fed a lot of the same garbage backstory stuff. Uh, did not know that Garrett Green had uh, some baseball background and that his, his dad stole home plate
1: apparently in yeah, a game. His, everyone his was, dad everyone played was professional, professional baseball. Like, yeah, hey,
2: right. It, so if he can play baseball, I'm sure he can throw a football. A lot of times there's some, you know, arm well, strength. Well, and there's I would just strength.
1: challenge back. I mean, I, you guys aren't wrong, but I would challenge back on the notion of it's just wildcat. Because to me, then, it's a true RPO. It just means that the defense can then crowd and they can, they can guard the run, I think is your point. I, I, right. I think to me, though, it makes – part of me wants to argue – You know, maybe I'm being naive, but part of me wants to argue that it makes Letty a bit more dangerous because you've got to, you can't just key on him. You've got to at least see what Garrett Green's going to do. And I tend to like that. I mean, to me, if we're going to stick with this RPO, then make it, make it like make that defensive end have to figure
0: it out. You know, make make it hard on the defense. I agree with that. Well, and it could be, and and it could be on the other end that maybe it was all purposefully done, and maybe. They only let Green come out and run the ball five times or whatever it was uh, this week so that Oklahoma thinks next week, well, all he's going to do is run the ball. And then he comes out and he starts slinging the thing around, you know?
2: I, I just hope it wasn't some kind of like Neil Brown just saying, hey, you want Garrett Green? We'll give you Garrett Green for like, eight plays. you guys. Yeah, because like- we plan to not use him much in Oklahoma and the game's following that.
0: So that's where we're at now. We're heading to Oklahoma next week. Um, we go to Norman. We play against the number four ranked Sooners who uh, are are going to be a tough opponent, Johnson.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm interested um, to see how we approach this game because I think we – so the three of us in our season picks, we all unanimously voted this as a loss upcoming at Oklahoma. And I think Correct. that's probably more – Um, or at least partially influenced by our history with Oklahoma. We've had some really good teams that have still lost to the Sooners, unfortunately. But I think what's intriguing now in this game is seeing some stuff work through that first half Um, and seeing Oklahoma have to squeak out a game, Guido, where I think they gave up 40 points to Tulane uh, and then they beat a Nebraska team Saturday, 23 to 16, that I think most people, you know, we, we know, you know, I think it's funny that we can remember when Nebraska kind of, you know, was the evil empire. Now Nebraska seems to struggle with everyone and really isn't that intimidating and, and Oklahoma didn't roll over them. You know, that was a, that was a pretty solid game. So I, I feel like this is a very gettable Oklahoma team now I know when you have to go into Norman that's never an easy task regardless but I'm not nearly as scared about this game as I was when we were making our preseason discussions and and picks what do you guys
2: think I'm interested to see if they've upgraded the safety protocols of the boomer schooner
1: since last time yeah last time we were
2: there that sucker came off the rails right so to speak yep and uh it was it was bad it went Oregon Trail Honest. Yeah, it was, it was real bad.
0: Oregon Trail. It got dysentery. Press space bar.
2: That, to me, will be must-watch uh, television. Um, I I think we struggle. I, I, I think there's going to be a big um, kind of a letdown. I know that we're coming off of a pretty happy win. Um, this is kind of a recipe for, like, getting slapped in the face here by Oklahoma, because they probably think, ah oh, they think they're hot stuff. They just beat Virginia Tech. Well, we're not Virginia Tech. Watch us. So I, that's kind of what I fear. And um, in college football, there aren't a lot of games, right? So you can kind of get yourself into a tailspin pretty quickly uh, if, if things go south. You know, you get some injuries or something like that. Things can drastically change uh, going on to the successive weeks. So we'll just have to see.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Vegas uh, was hard on West Virginia when this all started. When it first opened up uh, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, Oklahoma was picked 19-and-a-half. It kind of settled itself out, and Oklahoma went down. They're still, as we record, a 16-and-a-half point favorite. I mean, you know, the over-under is 58. I think I'm taking West Virginia in the points on this one if I was, if I was a betting man. I mean, Spencer Rattler has been struggling this season. I mean, he didn't, you know— Granted, Nebraska, those big 10 teams, like they tend to have that three yard and a cloud of dust sort of mentality. So it's a big offensive line. It's a lot of like big football. Uh, but Spencer Rattler, 214 with only one passing TD against the Huskers. If we if our defense can do that kind of stuff to Spencer Rattler, I think it's gonna be hard for them to hit that over. I think it's gonna be hard for them to meet the spread at 16 and a half right now. So I like it from a betting standpoint. I like I like where the game lies. From a winning and losing standpoint for uh, WVU, I mean, it, you know, I think it's going to be a tough road for WVU to beat that Oklahoma team. It's a good team. We don't recruit like they do. We don't have the players that they have. And and I think, again, on the offensive side of the ball, they're definitely in a better position than we are, you know, at the quarter. I mean, they have a quarterback who will likely be a first-round draft pick in the NFL uh, you know, soon. Well, so.
1: Would you agree though, that I think coming, coming in. So three games ago, I looked at this game, like a sure loss and probably a bad loss. Now I'm looking at this game with a, a lot more optimism um, just because I think I'm still trying to ground myself in the Talia Tagovailoa, uh the Spurmeister kid Saturday, really mobile quarterbacks. Um, you know, we had a shot to win Maryland, even with all those miscues, we, we took care of business here against Virginia Tech. I think Spencer Rattler is going to be yet another mobile quarterback. I mean, he rushed for a touchdown against Nebraska. He threw for a touchdown against Nebraska. I think if our defense um, settles in and plays the way we we have seen them capable of, I, I I still think I agree with you. It's going to be a long road to hoe, but I, I like us more than I did three weeks ago, Guido. I, I like us definitely covering this big number. I feel like that's a 16 and a half is a huge number. I feel like the defense is going to keep us in it. It's just, can the offense get enough oomph, you know, to get points on the board and and keep us close?
0: Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's the real question. I mean, I, I think that it's going to be a tough win, no matter how you break it down. I think that if we can put up a good showing, I think I'll feel better. You know, we cover the spread. Uh, maybe that makes me feel a, a little bit, a little bit better on, the thing, and it does feel good that this week in the AP top 25, we were also receiving votes, folks. So now we're talking, you know. We, I mean, scoot, we're just outside of the top 25. You know, I know you don't feel like we have a top 25 quarterback, I do not. But, you know, we have a winning record, and he won those games, uh, so you got that. Um, but yeah I think it's going to be an interesting game and you know that's a Saturday night game that I think that'll make it even harder for WVU going into Norman on a night game at 7:30 uh you know national televised ABC it's a big game it's it's there's no way no way about it I mean it's a big first Big 12 game of the year so you know it'll it'll be interesting to see good news for us though the uh the Black Diamond Trophy back in Morgantown uh WVU uh crowd was amazing. It was a sellout crowd,
1: so it was great to see people there. The announced crowd was sixty thousand two hundred and twenty-two, just by the way. Yeah. So a packed house.
0: Uh that's seven straight home wins for WVU. That shouldn't go un uh unknown yeah. too, by the that's way. Huge. Jared Dagey Jared Dagey has not lost a game. At Mountaineer Field in the last in the last two seasons, this season and last yeah, season. Yeah, that's. I mean, we don't think of it that way,
1: but that's a strong stat right now.
0: And I think other positives that came out of this weekend are offensive line looked solid, yes. defense is still looking so. I mean, we were hard on the offensive line the first two weeks, especially after LIU, allowing liu to have sacks against us. Uh, so it was it was really good. They held they held uh, Virginia Tech to only two sacks for like a seven yard loss. So. So that was solid. So good on the football team. Super excited uh, of things that's coming ahead. I do want to make one comment of why I may not want to go to the ACC, if that's okay. Okay. All right. So happened to be flipping around uh, the Twitter and the internet, looking at the ACC scores and games, and noticed that our backyard brawl foes pit uh, two things. One is they lost to a team that—I mean, Johnson— how, how do they lose? Yeah, West Western Michigan. Uh,
1: they of the powerhouse. Yes, the powerhouse right. That is Western uh, they Michigan. They have not the um, powerful resume. Western Michigan. Uh, they put forty-four points on the Panthers Saturday at home, which for Pitt is really no advantage whatsoever. Uh, empty stadium. Um, it's a shame, really, Guido. I know we like to talk so much smack on Pitt, but I think I. <laughs> I think the world is better when WVU and Pitt play each other. And I think the world is better when they're both good. And Pitt has fallen into this really embarrassing territory. No one shows up to watch. And what they're watching is bad football. Western Michigan racked up 500 total yards. I think it was 514 total yards on the Panthers Saturday um, and you know, people were joking they were having their own version of the gold rush because I think their seat color is gold, it's, and it looked like the whole stadium the was co-
0: gold. So, because no one was there. But anyway, Scoot, uh, can you tell me Western Michigan's mascot? It's the uh, Bronco. Very good. It, it is, it the, is Bronco. the Broncos. The Western. I, that's impressive. Yeah, uh, Western Michigan just spanked Pitt, and it looked pretty sad. And it's I agree with you. I mean, that's a program that uh, it's it's. I hate to see them go that direction, but. Uh, they yeah, they went that direction, and and other teams that we like to talk about in that trapezoid of evil, um, Penn State does the same thing West Virginia does. We had a a gold rush, they had a whiteout, which they like to do up there at Penn State, and they beat an Auburn team that I don't think anybody thought they were they were gonna beat.
1: Yeah, and it was one of those crazy environments. You know what Penn State's uh, stadium there in Happy Valley seats like a hundred thousand plus, completely completely in white. Um, but yeah, they beat Auburn 28-20. I don't think a lot of people expected that. And then, kind of, to round out the trapezoid of evil, as we as we refer to it, Guido, uh, Maryland, the Terps, they're now three and zero. They beat they beat Illinois. Now I think you know what kind of team does Illinois have? I'm not really sure, but regardless, they they win. That was one of the early games. I think that was actually Friday night. Um, But they
0: move on to 3-0 And Maryland now is also Receiving votes in the AP Top 25 Actually more votes than WVU at this point Uh, So You know, I mean at least we're playing a tough schedule Can we say that? Can we say we're playing a tough schedule? Well, I think so far
1: people would think those are two uh, quality games. I mean, it's a, it's take, a shame we take couldn't— Take a
0: Division II foe like the LIU Sharks out of there. Uh, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's not a bad, yeah, not a bad I schedule. Think, I think it's— Yeah, I agree. All right, so we move on to Oklahoma, number four ranked Oklahoma. That game is Saturday night at 7.30 on ABC. But what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast It's a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortec Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday-carrying knives. If you go to vortechknives.com today and use the code GYEO, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortek, V-O-R-T-E-K-Knives.com, a West Virginia owned and operated company specializing in fast opening, high quality everyday carry knives. Vortech Knives everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson. And don't forget, find us on the social media. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, at Got Your Ears, or you can look for us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears On.
2: Hey, and if you've got a company or a product that you would like to reach out and, and let other people know about, perhaps uh, sponsor a segment and we can kind of broadcast and get your, your product or your business out there. Slide into our DMs. Give us a phone call. Guido, what's our number?
0: 304-518-GYEO. We're always
2: looking for new sponsors and and would love to help you represent the Mountaineers.
0: Yeah, so hit us up. Drop us a message or give us a call. And uh, we'd like to get you on the show uh, to talk about your product, uh, whatever. you know. Be a part of the Got Your Ears On Nation. That's what we care about. And you could sponsor this segment, which is, in case you don't know, the number one, the number I mean, there aren't any that are better than right, this one. come on. We are the number one. It's the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. All those other podcasts, as great as they are and as much as we love them, we have the number one game show. Can't touch it. They can't touch it. Number one game show. Sorry, guys. Uh, it's a little game we like to call... Bluff the fluffs. And Scooty, you are taking back the lead dominate. ten to eight right now over Johnson. You were starting to dominate. You won last week. I know all topics
2: that Johnson loves. Yes. Winchester, Virginia, he loves that place.
0: Bottles of water.
2: Bottles of water, he loves it. That's like uh nectar from the gods for him.
0: Oh boy. I
2: I dominate Johnson's life. I mean <laughs>
0: Sorry, John. I don't know how to re- is- I don't know how to
1: respond to that really. I mean, see, I think um, you you guys uh sometimes I feel like you team together to throw curveballs my way. I was really uh, invested in talking about Virginia Tech related bluff the fluffs last week and you hit me with bottled water. I mean, I don't know what to do with that.
0: So <laughs> Johnson gets real sour about it, Scoot. He really does. I don't know. So guys, uh this week I've got a topic for you that I think brings it back home a little bit, a little more football centric. We're preparing to start conference play against the big Tw- against our Big 12 foes. Right. So I thought maybe this week we do a little bit of trivia about the 2020 Big 12 football season. Okay. All right. Oh boy. The 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 COVID, the craziness, okay. all of the insanity that happened. We'll see what you guys remember about the Big 12 2020 football season could be dicey
2: here scoot it will be it will be dicey it will
0: it will be dicey scoot says as always remember a correct answer is worth five points a steal is worth 10 points and final bluff is worth 25 points during the break we had a complete and total random flip of the coin and johnson you get to go first this week congratulations
1: i will celebrate but sometimes it sets me up for a steal so I, i'm on my guard here guido
0: all right, Scooty's not. You remember last season when Scooty was like super sour about losing the coin flip every week? Yeah, it's not. It's not bothering him this year. Yeah, he gets. He gets a couple
1: wins under his belt, and now he's not as his. He's not as salty about it.
2: The script says I'm supposed to remain silent and not seem as salty.
1: Oh, okay, right. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's what, it, what is. it is. Oh,
0: okay, it's all scripted. Yes. yes. Okay. All right, Johnson. Here we go. First question is to you. Correct answer worth five points. What? Big 12 team had the most conference wins last year in 2020. Was it Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, or Texas? Conference victories. Conference victories. Um,
1: Let's see. Iowa State had such a terrific season that I think I'm honestly, I'm drawing a blank. I'm going to go with the Cyclones.
0: That's correct. Iowa State had nine conference wins last season, or eight conference wins last season. Of eight of their nine wins, eight of them were com- uh, eight of them were conference wins. So there you go. Awesome, awesome job. That kind of helped out that uh, Oklahoma, you know, lost a game here and there, didn't get the yeah, you know, they lost two games, right. and they didn't get to play a few games. So, uh, but good job, Johnson. That's a correct answer. It was Iowa State five points uh, to you. All right, here you go, Jer- <laughs> here you go, Scoot. Jared Dagey led the Big 12 in one stat, one stat in 2020. Which one of these stats did he lead the Big 12? You
1: let him explain them first. Don't interject with one you think,
0: because you have that grin on your face. Like I do. Was it passing yards, completed passes, passing attempts, or passing touchdowns?
2: So the the category, the stat category that I thought would be there would be. Holding quad muscle um, was not there because of the RPO. No. Um, right. I thought that he would lead the conference in holding his quad. Uh, I will go with, ooh, um, hmm. you said, what was the first one? Passing yards. No. He said, "He said completed passes and no, no and passing, passing yards,
0: completed passes, passing attempts, or passing touchdowns."
2: I will say passing attempts.
0: That's correct. He finished first in the Big Twelve and attempted times of throwing the ball to somebody. Yes, you are correct. I thought that was kind of a softball. I mean, was there was there any other answer? I was that could nervous be in there? though
2: because. You know my thoughts on, on the young lad, and I was worried that you were going to try to like catch me. Oh Well, you got
0: it right. So good job. You guys are tied up five apiece. And Johnson, this next question is back to you. Who was the highest NFL draft pick in the Big 12 in the 2021 NFL draft? Was it Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle, Oklahoma State? Sam Ellinger, quarterback, Texas? Tony Fields, uh, uh, linebacker WVU or Creed Humphrey Center from Oklahoma. Oh. Highest drafted one who was drafted the highest. Gosh, this is tough. Um, I'm gonna go with
1: a lineman here, uh, and I'm gonna go with a, I think, Guido
0: Tevin Jenkins. That's correct. Offensive tackle, Oklahoma State. He's 39th overall to the Bears. Just after him was Creed Humphreys. A uh, few picks later to the Chiefs, uh, the center from Oklahoma. Oh, okay. So good job, Johnson. Good job picking the. You gotta always pick the lineman on that. So uh, there you go. Five points. You now have the lead over Scoot, ten to five. But Scooty, this question is back to you. What Big 12 team had the highest Home attendance in 2020 was it texas baylor tcu or oklahoma
2: well i don't think baylor and tcu's stadiums are as big as texas as what is of the doke something memorial stadium um no and is it doke no it's um royal memorial yeah daryl daryl royal Memorial, I think. yeah. Um, I'm going to say, but remember,
0: but 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 let I, I me. Mean, and I, I guess I should tell you why I'm asking this question is because it was COVID last right, year. So right, remember right. that you had capacities, which times right. allowed. The I most, think
2: Texas allowed people to just run hog wild since they <laughs> uh, had forty uh, some thousand people at the Texas Rangers home opener. Uh, for baseball so i'm gonna go with uh university of texas had the biggest uh attendance
0: i'm sorry that's incorrect it was not texas johnson for 10 points in the steel was it baylor tcu or oklahoma wow this is t- i thought scoot was right
1: so then i'm going to fall back to the sooners
0: that's correct for ten points and the steal right now to take a twenty to five lead. It was the Sooners. They had one hundred and thirteen thousand people in their uh, stadium the whole season, so they averaged about twenty two thousand uh, last year. Uh, Texas only had about eighty thousand. WVU was only like thirty five thousand. So you had a couple of uh, you had a couple of teams in there that. Uh, you know, and you were right, Scooty, though. Texas, uh, Daryl K. Royal, Texas Memorial Field Stadium in Austin uh, is the largest stadium in the Big 12 at 95,000 right now until they leave in a couple of years. Uh, but yeah, you're right, Johnson. Oklahoma, Gaylord Family, Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. We need, wow. Like, these stadium names. Yeah. yeah.
1: You need a marquee. You need a marquee for that. I wonder how many Scoot. I know. I w- we'll have to look afterwards how many, what the average was at. Uh, Bill Snyder family restroom
2: stadium. Yes. Windbreakers are right. Us.
0: All right, here we go. All right, Johnson. You have the lead. <laughs> Windbreakers are us. That's so mean. Uh here you go, Johnson. This quite this next question is back to you. Actually, very apropos of the conversation we were just okay. having. What Big 12 team had the lowest attendance in 2020? Was it WVU, Kansas, Kansas State or Iowa State had the lowest attendance, the lowest home attendance. Well,
1: I mean, I think people don't want to go to a Jayhawks game to begin with, let alone when there's a pandemic. So, I'm going to
0: say Kansas, Guido. That's correct. Kansas is the correct answer. They only had total 18,000 people Ooh, wow. last year. That's a tumbleweed to, scoot rolling through there. That's not yeah. many people. They played they played 4 home games they didn't have they had zero people at their first home game uh, which is i think our average attendance uh, they had 90 about 9500 in game 2 and game 3 and then they told people don't come back for game 4 you don't want <laughs> to you don't want don't bother yeah no, just, don't don't even don't worry, worry about, about it. coming in <laughs> Uh, but the Bill Snyder Family Stadium, uh, they they did okay. They had forty thousand. West Virginia had thirty five thousand last year. Iowa State, uh, they were on the lower end. They were about thirty. They were about thirty five thousand as well. So, you know, it was an interesting year last year for attendances. All right, uh, congratulations there, Johnson, with the with the correct answer, by the way, and that gives you a twenty five to five lead over Scoot. Twenty points right now, Scoot. He has the lead on you, and this is the final question before final bluff. So let's see how you do. All right, Scooby? I'm ready. All right, Kansas, speaking of which, our favorite Jayhawks, they won zero, zero conference games last year. How many Big 12 conference games has Kansas won since WVU joined the Big 12 in 2012. How many games have they conference games have they won? How many conference games have they won? All right? Is it 10, 7, 8 or 5 conference wins?
2: I'm going to say 8.
0: I'm sorry, that's incorrect. It's not it's not 8. Johnson, how many conference wins have they had since 2012? When we join the Big 12, is it five, ten, or seven?
1: Again, I thought I thought Scoot was right with eight. Um, it pains us because we're one of those along the way, right? But I know they've beaten Texas. They've had some other victories here and there. I I think I'm gonna go seven, Guido.
0: I'm sorry, that's incorrect. The correct answer five. Wow, they've had five wins. Holy cow, <laughs> conference wins. Since 2012, they had one win in 2013, one win in 2014, one in 2016, one in 2018, and one in 2019 Jeez, in the conference. I thought it was more than that.
2: Gosh. What's that's... crazy is they haven't had, like, they've had big name coaches. Like, well, Charlie Weiss was a big yeah, name coach. Yeah, I think
1: uh, yeah. it hasn't been since the Mark Mangino era that they've really done anything.
2: Less miles, big name coach. Yeah. Like, that's crazy to me. Right.
0: Right. Weird. Yeah. That is, that is, cra- that's a crazy stat. Five wins Gosh, in almost 20 years. Tough. Like, if they go, if they don't win any games this year, it'll be 20, it'll be 10 years that they've only had five conferences. That's wins. crazy. <laughs> it's rough, rough. All right, guys. Uh, so here's our, here's where we stand. Johnson, you have a 20 point lead over Scooty, 25 to five, but it's final bluff. So anything can happen. 25 points to the correct answer. And remember, guys, every week we have you buzz in for Final Bluff. So, Johnson, what's your buzzer this Ooh, week? I'm not sure. Let's go with Hokie Hater. All right, Hokey Hater. I like it. And Scoot? Schooner! Sco- All right, Schooner. All right, here we go. Final Bluff. How many Big 12 teams went to bowl games in 2020? All right, how many Big 12 teams were selected for bowl games in 2020? Was it six, three, four, or five? Schooner!
2: All right, Scootie, go I'm for gonna it. I'm going to say four, Guido, four.
0: Sorry, that's incorrect. Johnson, you want to give it a shot? I was thinking five. That's correct for 25 points and a 50-5 to 5 win over Scootie. Uh, Yes, Texas, Oklahoma State, WVU, Oklahoma, Iowa State, and TCU. All of them won their bowl games except for TCU because they got selected for the Texas Bowl versus Arkansas, but that game was canceled because of COVID. So there you go. Awesome. Congratulations, Johnson. I got one back, Scoot. Yeah, enjoy it while you can. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Scoot still has the lead 10 games to 9 this season, but uh but yeah, Johnson uh, with a nice solid win right there, Johnson 50 to 5. Yeah, statement I feel I feel like it's a statement win this week. It is a it is a statement win. <laughs> Scooty rolls his eyes, Scooty rolls his eyes. That's yeah, ridiculous. All right, well we'll see what happens next week. Who knows? Who knows what the topic can be, so Just stay tuned. All right, listen, we're going to take a break and come back with a segment that we let Scooty go out on the internet and find things. It's a little segment we call, I Can't Believe My Ears! So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On.
2: Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia owned and operated company that specializes in heavy duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For Warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25 T O B R A D I O for TOB Radio. You'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives.
0: All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On, Guido, along with Scoot and Johnson. And hey, don't forget, check out our website, gotyourearson.com. It's it's kind of the hub of everything about us, right, Johnson? It is,
1: and we'll be posting uh, this week's show like we do each week in blog form on the site. It'll be packed with show notes uh you know we always put links to stuff in there so if you heard some if you heard us talking about something you want to check it out further uh check it out hit the link uh it'll be there we also have link to the latest show right in the sidebar so you can hit the play button and uh play the tune in link right there and there's also by the way a link to our merch store you can go check out got your ears on merchandise including our uh pullover guy shirt uh, that we're selling in advance of another
0: donation to the Bob Huggins fish fry. So check it out. Yeah, check it out. Got your ears on dot com. Hey, guys, uh, you know, every time Dale Earnhardt Jr. appears on TV, it gets Scooty excited. So we take the restrictor plate off of his Internet and we allow him to go out there and find the most interesting things he can find. And it's a segment we like to call. I can't believe my ears. So what do you got for us this week,
2: Scoot? OK, fellas, so we all know that um there is a niche market for frozen appetizers and snack type foods
0: correct? I mean would you say it's niche Scoot? I mean isn't it like sort of your everyday I mean, like, <laughs> like your diet I, well, just like go frozen something go, go along it's a, with the script here.
1: it's essentially your food pyramid right Scoot like it's so.
2: I, right? you're in agreement there is this market for frozen <laughs> there, <laughs> foods that people eat as appetizers <laughs> yes, yes we are in agreement yes. there is yes. a market I for which you Scoot, are sucked in Scoot by Scoot is pushing this forward <laughs> okay <laughs> so, uh, have you fellas ever had a uh, pizza roll? Of course. Who okay, has, yeah. it has, it has a, a Totino's pizza, pizza yeah, roll? Totino's comes yeah, to mind. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, when you do the shopping, I know a lot of times we do the online where somebody does the shopping for you. Yeah. Okay. But are there times where you still go shopping in person?
1: Yeah. Sure. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, um, the pizza rolls are very popular, and unfortunately for a woman in Oklahoma. She went to grab a bag of Totino's pizza rolls and felt something smushy on the bag. Okay.
0: Like on the bag? On the
2: bag. So she turned it over and what did she find? A fresh poop.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What are we talking about? All
2: right. She uh, found out that wait, wait. <laughs> she quickly discovered that she had uh, a poop in her hand, not just the bag of pizza rolls.
1: Okay. I mean, look, Guido, when I'm getting yogurts out, I go through a, you know, kind of a painstaking process to look at expiration dates, let alone if there's a fresh poo on, on what I'm checking out, you know? So like that's.
0: Just want to make sure this one wasn't right, defecated right. on. i uh, just, better, just <laughs> want to a pick quick the next one here.
2: Somebody in Moore, Oklahoma at the grocery store had to go really bad. Right. And instead of, I don't know, taking their act to a restroom, they thought, why not drop it here in the <laughs> freezer section of my local super- supermarket? This is horrible. Uh, so of course she felt. She said she felt disgusted. Oh sure. She was upset. She felt <laughs> violated. Right. Uh, she said the ride home was miserable. I bet. Even though she had quickly scrubbed her hands. Hopefully she had some hand sanitizer. Her kids were saying, "Mom, I can smell it. <laughs> I can smell it." <laughs> oh, and she replied, "I can smell it too, baby." So uh, surveillance <laughs> and more. In more Oklahoma surveillance uh, did show <laughs> that they were able to find the man of interest and uh, he was uh, charged. Uh, of course uh, he's already in, in jail though on unrelated charges, but uh, they were able to figure out who it was and, um, and, and found the owner of the Totino's pizza roll poo.
1: Do you think that, <laughs> Uh, cause Scoot, I know you love your pizza rolls. Do you think you, you're like, ah, oh, that's uh, horrible, but I, I'm still going for these other bag of pizza rolls cause I'm not leaving here without pizza rolls. I, I mean,
2: I think it's one of those things where I know it, it did not actually like some people have weird, like, Hey, I got sick when I ate this the last time, kind of like aversions to certain foods. I think this extends beyond the actual eating of the food. And I think I think she, this woman, is probably not going to buy frozen food. Yeah, there's
1: got to be some Pavlovian no. connection now, right? Like you're, all, this is always going right. to be with you. Every time you go for pizza rolls, you're. I gotta be
0: honest with you. I'm not sure I'll ever <laughs> eat a <protein> pizza <laughs> roll after right. this conversation. Thanks, Ski. <laughs> Here's the question I have. So imagine you're this 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 fella who uh, who had to go to the bathroom, he, and uh, now he's in jail. And you're in jail with a bunch of other vagrants and and and, and uh, you know ne'er do wells, yes, if you will, uh, and so you know you've got a couple of guys sitting there and they're all like, hey, 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 uh, what are you in for? And this guy's like, oh, I stabbed a guy in an alley, and you know. Hey, what are you in for? Oh, I, I robbed a convenience store. And they come down to him, they, ca- hey, what are you in for? And he's like. Yeah, I'm a Totino's pizza right. pooper. That's yeah. what I do. Pooped on <laughs> some details. Dropped
2: it like it was hot right. <laughs> in the freezer yeah. section.
1: Scoot, na- Scoot, do wells. I don't think he's got any cred in. The, I don't think he's got any cred in the big house. Is all I'm saying. I don't know. Scoot, I mean. neer do wells. When do they do well?
2: Nair, Like, yo, ne'er. I'm gonna say this. Uh, that's like a worst case scenario, right? Nobody For wants everyone a, involved. Like nobody ever wants to go it doesn't have to be frozen it could be any kind of food of any sort like you go to reach onto the shelf and you grab something and let's say it's sticky or or slippery now all of a sudden you're going to be like what is on this like what did somebody do to this yeah and, and listen then,
1: i'm usually the grocery getter in our house so thank you for putting this in the back of my
2: mind scoot i'm gonna be like, like
1: magnum pi when i'm opening i the mean freezer it might be now. more
2: oklahoma specific so you might be okay this might just be what they do in more <laughs> oklahoma
0: my, this is like oklahoma it's just outside it's like a suburb of oklahoma city apparently too i was reading the article scoot you sent along to us uh he's a oklahoma city thunder fan oh. too as well this this, this well, guy he
2: was bringing the thunder <laughs> <laughs>
0: <He was>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well i hope all of you haven't unsubscribed for my podcast after hearing That's that rough. uh <laughs> That's a rough one. That's a rough one indeed. But we thank you for listening, as always. And, Scoot, thank you for going out on the Internet and finding something. I think it's time to take uh, your ability to search the Internet away from you again. Well, I do what I can, (laughs)
2: fellas. (laughs) All
0: right, guys. Well, listen, don't forget WVU faces a number 4-ranked Oklahoma in Norman on Saturday at 7.30 at night. That game is on ABC, so a primetime nationally televised game. So uh, get ready for that. Check out that game. And don't forget, check out us. Look for us online. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Look for us at Got Your Ears On. And you can look for us on Facebook and check out our website, gotyourearson.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to Got Your your ears on.